Hi, everybody. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of the Better Events Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about 10 reasons why we love virtual events. Now, be sure to stick around because this is a topic that we've talked about kind of a lot. It might be something you're tired of hearing about, but we love virtual events and we want to re-inspire you and so you can find your or refine your love for them. So here we go. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. And we're back with another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson. And to kick off our conversation today, we're going to have a little conversation starter. Or Mary, maybe we should call the conversation snack. I feel like maybe I'm just hungry, but... I love it. All right. So this week's conversation snack is what is a food that you recently discovered that you like? I love talking about food. So (laughs) where do I begin? I've been trying a lot of new things this year. Okay, I'm like three years late to the game, but I finally have started eating avocado toast, and I'm here for it. Mary, I think you're like six years past this game. <laughs> no, I always thought it was weird, and I don't like doing things other people do, and so I was like, I'm not eating that, but now I've tried it, and it's super good, and I love it, and and cottage cheese, so maybe you can see a theme. I'm trying to eat more protein. Oh, Logan's face. If you didn't see that, she just judged me hard for that one. But I really don't like cottage cheese. I'm sorry. In it. Have you had it with like other stuff? Not just plain. I I can't. I okay. can't. Fine. For, for me, for the answer to this is I I just like an overarching thing is yes, when I was younger, I didn't like foods that I would count in my head as like mushy. So I wasn't into like dips, like like hummus, guacamole, yogurt, I thought was kind of again, it's just the consistency. And now as an adult have slowly realized I like a lot of these things, but cottage cheese, I still have not gotten to. (laughs) I recently got into uh, applesauce and in the form of the very lazy, like in the packets that you can get the squeezables because it's the ones for little kids because Mary, you're trying to get protein and I was trying to get some more fruits and vegetables. And that was one as we've been busy event pros, I've learned that's easier for me to do than like actually eat a proper apple because a lot of the event foods you need to quickly be able to, I always say shove in your face, but you know, eat delicately very quickly <laughs> and move on. <laughs> Actually, you're inspiring me, Logan. I now I want some of those apple sauces. So they're quite good and they have a bunch of different flavors. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, then we are going to move into our topic, which has nothing to do with food, but <laughs> we're excited to talk about this topic as well. Um, so today we're talking about 10 reasons why we love virtual events. And you have listened to us. Well, maybe you've listened to us for a while. I don't know if you're new here. Welcome. We're super happy to have you. But if you have listened to us for a while, you know that um, that we don't dislike virtual events, which is a double negative. We like virtual events. And in fact, I think sometimes we we feel like maybe they're they're better than in-person events, dare I say, it depends. So we're gonna share 10 reasons why we love virtual events. And we hope that this re-inspires you because this is a tricky time and we know that there is quite a controversy about virtual events now that in-person is coming back. 
There's also controversy about hybrid events. People have strong opinions about what they like and dislike. So today we are going to talk about virtual events that, like I said, re-inspire you because it is still relevant. And before we do, we are going to take a quick break to hear from our partners. Hi friends, Logan here. When I'm not co-hosting with the podcast, I am a freelance event producer and the founder of Logan Strategy Group. I work in full event production, whether that's in-person events, hybrid, virtual, live, everything from multi-day, hundreds of speaker conferences to one-hour webinars or Zoom meetings. So whatever your production needs, I'm here to help and able to scale up for projects large and small, no matter the budget. If you'd like to learn more about what I do, you can visit me at loganstrategygroup.com, follow me on Instagram at loganstrategygroup underscore events, or find me on LinkedIn under Logan Clements or Logan Strategy Group, and we'll link all of those in the show notes. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Alrighty, we are back. So Logan, let's just jump right, jump right into our topic. Um, if it's all right, I'll just kind of start us off and talk about one reason why I love virtual events, unless there's anything that you want to add before we get going. I feel like to me, this this episode is for anyone who has ever heard someone say, "Ugh, I hate virtual. Why can't we just go back to in-person? And you've wanted to be like, excuse me, there's a couple good reasons why there are benefits to virtual. And that is the point of this episode is Mary and I are going to be sharing our different top five reasons so that you'll walk away here with 10 reasons for why there is a benefit to virtual so that if you have those conversations or you're thinking about your long-term strategy with events, you'll you'll have some ideas. This is hopefully going to spark some ideas for you. Yeah. So don't go anywhere if you're like not one of those people and you don't want to hear any more about virtual events. Stick with us. We hope you gain something new from it. So my number one, uh, not number one, this is just my first one. Um, one reason that I love virtual events um, is because they're accessible. We've talked about this before. I think it's super important. It's just easier in, in certain scenarios, it's easier for people to log in online and do a virtual event. They don't have to physically really go anywhere. Um, and there's lots of capabilities virtually, you know, interpretation is easier. Um, Closed captioning can be easier, right? Then I'm comparing it to like an in-person event experience. So in my mind, virtual events are more accessible. And that's one reason why I really like them. Yeah, there's so many tools that have that stuff already built in and is very easy to activate. And then there's more complex builds that you can do for accessibility. So that's a great one. For number two, mine would be increased attendance at your virtual event. A lot of times in person, we are constrained by how many people can fit in the venue or what the venue allowed you to have or how many seats you can fit there or maybe the parking situation. And that is something with virtual. We've found that, you know, that that limit doesn't exist. Some platforms do charge you per person, but you can fit infinitely more people in a virtual event without added costs than you would at an in-person event. And I just time and time again have had anywhere from nonprofit to corporate, even just personal workshops that people are hosting where they are reaching more people with their events when they do them virtually than they ever could fit in a room together, just just talking physically in terms of attendance. So if you are someone or have a, you're thinking about your event and one of your goals is, you know, registrations, how many people will come to your event, virtual really just just opens up the world to you. Yeah, absolutely. That just reminds me of like, if your event is something that is more regional, national, or maybe even more than that, then this argument is even better supported. Absolutely. It's the local ones where it gets a little confusing on what might be best, but yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I love that one. Great, great 
tip. Um, my next one <laughs> is that you can do virtual events. You can produce a virtual event or attend a virtual event in your pajamas. And that's one reason why I love virtual events. <laughs> or your slippers or, you know, comfy clothes, your active wear. You don't have to, you don't have to be dressing up. Fashion has changed since we've worked from home and that has applied to virtual events where you can be very professional from the waist up, but you could be wearing pajama bottoms and we'd never know. Yeah. You know what? Literally just this morning, I was helping produce a virtual event in my pajamas. It doesn't help that it was in Ireland time. So the call time was like 4 a.m. Pacific time. So, but I'm just grateful. Like what a cool opportunity to be able to do a virtual event that's in Ireland and I'm doing it in my pajamas. Doesn't get better than that. Does not. Well, keeping keeping going down our list, so our fourth uh, reason why we love virtual events is thinking about your ROI, return on investment, but from a production perspective. And so when you are doing a virtual event, you get a higher ROI because your virtual event can easily be recorded usually at no additional cost or some limited cost that if you were doing this in person, it would require a complete production setup for you to be able to record your event and have that content to share afterwards. So that's always my argument when you're doing especially something educational or content heavy that you can record it and use it later, cut it up, use it on social, put it on your website, send it to attendees. And so there's just a higher return on investment with your virtual world because not only are you hosting event, but you're also creating content. So you're kind of getting a two for one um, is how I'll often talk about it. Yeah. And I'll actually just kind of add on to that because I had one that was similar, which is talking about the phrase you just said, which was um, virtual events can be content heavy. And I was saying that was one reason why I do love them is because you're really there participating in what can be a really educational experience, like super valuable in regards to the content that you're receiving. You get people who like speakers you maybe wouldn't have been able to get before. And anyway, I just really love that the content can be really something that's more important than ever in a virtual event. I will say that's also a con, but today we're talking about why we love virtual events. So I like how in certain scenarios that can really be a positive thing is having awesome content. Yes. And I I feel like we probably could have caveat at the top that a lot of the reasons why we love virtual events, if some of these tips are not or things are not applied properly, could be quickly become a con. <laughs> True. And so yeah, one of those with content, it definitely can become too much. But I'd like, for example, one to your point, Mary, like with content heavy, virtual can offer you an opportunity to showcase more content than you ever would have wanted in person. So again, maybe this is more talking about hybrid because maybe you're doing an in-person element, but with virtual, again, you're not constrained by the number of rooms you have. You're not constrained by however many microphones or AV teams you can support. I think one of the events that I know I loved that did a good job with this was they wanted to showcase, it was for small business owners or no, it was for event vendors and they wanted to showcase more vendors. And so they gave them the opportunity to apply to be a speaker. And then they were able to submit, I think Mary, you actually were one of the people who submitted, but like a 10, 15 minute video pre-recorded, but that was listed on the website, the event website as content, as sessions, even though it was completely pre-recorded and there was no necessarily like live support. And that was a great way to give exposure to more speakers, business owners, but also it wasn't necessarily adding a lot more lift on the production side. And that's only accessible if you did that virtual because in person, you'd have to still dedicate a room and a screen to screen those or a stage for you to be able to give your presentation. 
Yeah, that's a great example. I forgot that I even did that one. And you're right. And that was one of my first ones I'd done, actually. So it was really valuable. It was just a cool experience. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe if we can find that recording, Mary, you can link it in the show notes for anybody who's uh, sure. who, liked, who, who missed your, your lovely talk. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> What's your next one for us, Logan? My next one, you kind of already you teased a little bit, but with this one, my favorite thing of virtual is speaker access. So things that you wouldn't be able to fly a speaker in for your in-person event, you now have access to virtually. And I found so many high-end speakers, expert, subject matter experts that, again, you could not afford their speaker costs to fly them that are very willing to hop on and give you a 30-minute virtual session or a one-hour virtual session at a fraction of what they charge in person because, again, they don't have the inconvenience or just added time needed to, to get to your event. And so something I've seen anywhere from the small events to the large corporate ones really benefit from because if they're doing virtual, they just get access to more people. And I've just found a lot more of the like really sought after speakers seem to be more open to doing virtual things, at least at the beginning. Nowadays, they're still they're still doing them, but you get access to folks that you never would have if you could only do in person. Yeah, I think this is so valuable. I think it's super cool. And if it's a resource that maybe you haven't really tapped into with a virtual event, it might be something that you should start thinking about because I think, you know, traditionally some sometimes we're in the mindset of we can't afford that, but you might actually be able to now that it's virtual um, and these people are having a short um, speaking slot perhaps, which I guess actually leads me to my next point. Look at this. This flows so nicely. Um, is that one of the reasons I love virtual events is because in many cases they are shorter. Now, I mean, sometimes they're still like multi-day events, but what I mean is like, your spe the speaking slots are usually shorter because it's harder for people to sit for an hour and like listen to something. So maybe it'll be like a 45 or 30 minute session with Q&A or something like that. And um, I like that. My attention span is small. So as an attendee, I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, overall, I just think sh shorter can be better. You can get those um, speakers that maybe are more expensive for a shorter period of time and still save money. And I could probably go on and on. I like short events. <laughs> Short but sweet. Again, you're yeah, being nice and efficient yeah. with the time you got. Yeah, definitely. We've talked about virtual on this podcast before about how it can feel like dog ears in terms of maybe a presentation that took an hour in person might feel seven times that long <laughs> virtually, maybe not that dramatic, but it can feel a lot longer. So you do need to be shorter and concise, just like TV shows are when you're coming to someone virtual. But I think there's, like you're saying, Mary, there's a benefit to it because it does make you get quickly to your point and pack a lot more value in a smaller package with virtual. My next one kind of is a little more lighthearted, similar to your uh, pajamas comment. I listed one of my favorite things about virtual is snacks. As an event producer, I am doing these events from my house when I'm doing a virtual show, and I often have free access then to my snacks and my coffee machine and anything I need <laughs> from my house, which is just an added benefit, again, from being able to do these kind of virtual events. So if you're a vendor who can do any of your services virtually, event planner, producer, even an entertainer or a speaker, you know, there are benefits similar to that speaker access of getting to do things from your house because it takes less of your time just on the logistics of getting to an event, of traveling, figuring out how you're eating lunch or dinner. And you, you know, virtual just makes it easier for everybody. And same for your attendees. Your attendees, F and B, food and beverage can be some of your biggest costs for an on-site event. Now, if you're doing it virtually, you could still somewhat send someone like a gift card for a cup of coffee or Mary and I were part, cool part of a virtual event that let you pick your own snack box from a vendor and like they, they gave everybody a budget and then you got the snacks shipped to your house and you got to 
you know, have those while you were attending the virtual conference. And that was a really fun way to do it. Still way smaller than what the event host would have paid to host all the food and beverage for that event on site. So snacks. <laughs> snacks. Oh my gosh. I love it. So true. Oh, actually, Logan, I have to know, because obviously, you know, I think we're both hungry right now. I don't know. But what's your, I do need to know, what's your preferred virtual event snack? Oh, I really am digging these. I love just like a good cheese platter and I'm not making cheese platters for myself during events, but the, like, I call them adult Lunchables. <laughs> making like a charcuterie board while you're like wearing, <laughs> like producing in Zoom. <laughs> totally. I, I wish. Uh, but yeah, they now have like what I call l- adult Lunchables. They, they have it essentially. It's like meat, like it'd be like turkey or pepperoni and cheese and crackers that you can then make into your own little like sandwiches and stuff like that. And those are, I always stock up, especially if I have like a multi-day virtual thing or anything where the event days, I know we talked about the being shorter content, but usually the days can be quite long. (laughs) So I'll stock up on those because they're really easy to grab and go. And whenever you get a break, just like quickly eat a snack. How about you, Mary? I love it. Yeah. Um, Well, I really like Nutella and pretzels which is not as like hearty or probably healthy as what you're saying, but sometimes you just need that little pick me up. Right. And yeah, I like that. It's an easy snack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we need to go eat some lunch after this, but <laughs> one other one for me, I think this is my last one is that um, one reason I love virtual events is because you can meet people from literally all over, which is way cool. And that's not an environment that I was in previously. Maybe you have been. Maybe if you work, you know, in more of the corporate world, you have those experiences. But for me, it hasn't really been that way. And so virtual has given me the opportunity through attending events. But not only that, through working with other event producers, it's just so cool to be able to meet people who live all over. And I've super valued that during this time. And another thing, too, is also um, being able to get gigs that way one one story we shared uh, we had um west peak productions on the podcast a little while ago and i met them through a virtual event which you just wouldn't think would lead to anywhere um but it did and then we were able to do some work together which has been awesome so yeah that's what i love about virtual events yeah it expands your reach so much i know that was something that saved my business especially with covid when all the events came to a close was being able to do things virtually because then I wasn't constrained by working with clients that were geographically based near me. I was able then to work virtual events with anybody. And that has been something that then has come back around and paid off for myself when I've landed more events that are local, but it's virtual. So I can actually tap into my network of other producers and streaming engineers and just good event people, no matter if they're in Chicago or New York or Texas, or, you know, just down the road, like you are Mary here in Seattle, you know, it's, it's done nothing but but bring all of us business, which has been great. And just because we've all embraced the virtual world. And I think that goes very nicely into my last and our 10th, hopefully if we all counted correctly, um, tip and reason why I like virtual events is the, the community building aspect of it. I think one of the reasons a lot of people hate virtual is because they say it's so boring. I can't connect. I can't meet people. You know, it's how do we replicate that? And I just always like to push back on that concept because Mary and I have met and done things virtually together. Like her story with West Peak Productions, who was on the podcast, I have gotten event work from people I've met in breakout rooms at a virtual event. Like those real, real connections do happen. 
a lot of times they didn't just happen by chance. They were facilitated breakout rooms or really thoughtful discussion questions or just events that created time for people to get together and, and talk that, you know, you can have those authentic moments. And we have a great episode too with um, Hoyan from Remo who shares his like attendee engagement tips that I encourage you to go back and listen to if you haven't already. Um, just because it's just so, so valuable. And it's just something that I think virtual events opens your opportunity to meet people from different places, opens up whatever opportunities then come from those people. And another thing with virtual is it's a great tool to add to your event toolkit as an event host, because I think there are certain events that work really well in person, like Mary mentioned, maybe a local event, but there's certain events that really do well virtually. And you can kind of create like a community building strategy that maybe involves both in-person events as well as virtual. Maybe you dip your toe into hybrid. But if you are someone who just doesn't want to listen and just wants to do in-person events, you're seriously missing out on an opportunity because it's an easy way to expand your reach if that's one of your goals or grow your influence if that's one of your goals or just meet new people. And that's all because we've embraced virtual and chosen to get excited about it. I I mean, it helps that we are in agreement on this issue. Maybe it would be more exciting if I was like, no, I hate it. But <laughs> That's another I, uh, episode, Mary. We can air our grievances about virtual. Yeah, we need to disagree with each other more. Um, I want to leave us with a song lyric that goes with this. From, <laughs> all right, you guys have to bear with me. <clears throat> it's um, from Miley Cyrus, also known as Hannah Montana. So this is from her song, Life's What You Make It. And it's Life's What You Make It, So Let's Make It Rock. I'm going to change it to Virtual Events Are What You Make It, So Let's make them rock. Mary, I feel like we'll have to have a, a bonus where you sing that for people. Oh, no. um, <laughs> but yes, I think I echo that Hannah Montana, you know, she said it right, that mm -hmm. the virtual is what you make it. And I think this, let this episode just hopefully inspire you if you aren't thinking about how you can do some of your services virtually or get into virtual events. Hopefully this has at least made you think about it. Because again, we are excited and we are doing in person, but I don't know about you, Mary, but like my schedule is still I mean, I'd still say probably 50% of the inquiries I'm getting are for either virtual events or virtual roles on a hybrid event. So it's it's not gone away. Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you're going to be missing out on a lot of business if you're someone who's decided to just to to skip on the virtual. And if that's what you choose to do, I guess that's fine too. We won't shame you. But the virtual world is pretty nice if you want to come over and see how green the grass is over here. Yeah, absolutely. Room for everybody. Yeah. So Logan, I think that brings us to our end and then you have our bonus tip again today. Yes. So the bonus tip this week, this is all, this is a fun tip for any of you out there, whoever needs to version control some documents. So what I'm talking about is maybe you're working with a client on a script and then you have your own internal script or you're working with them on like a timeline run a show and you have your own internal run a show that you and your production team or your internal team are using or any team that you'd necessarily, two different versions of documents. What I would recommend is after you do the initial download of whatever their document is and move it into yours, talk to your client or your colleague and tell them to highlight any changes that they're making to their document in a color. They can pick any color. It can be red, pink, yellow, blue, does not matter, but they're indicating to you what has changed on that document. So it's very easy for you to quickly go back and say, oh, look, there's a yellow. I've seen they've changed that. And then you migrate that change and copy it into your document. And then you change it back to whatever the original color, usually black and white, like if we're talking about Excel. Um, and that will let that person know that you've migrated and seen that change. 
it is something that I've done with like registration lists. I've done it with run of shows, with scripts, and it has just saved me so much time instead of me trying to cross examine two different documents to see where the changes are. So if you haven't tried that, that's my bonus tip for today. Love it. It's a very organized bonus tip. Love it. Good organization tip. Can you tell that I've been living in spreadsheets recently? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. You can find us on social media and LinkedIn at Better Events Pod. You can also send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Send us any ideas you have for content or something you want us to talk about. We can see what we can do. And thank you again for listening. We will be back with you again next Wednesday. Bye, everybody. Bye.